Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome to episode 213 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic, and entrepreneur. And this is a coaching podcast where I help you get control of your life back. A little no BS approach, a lot of personal experience and education, and together we can get through anything. Today we're going to get into something that feels a little taboo. But just because something is uncomfortable to talk about doesn't mean we can ignore it and sweep it under the rug because it's awkward. It's no secret right now that addictions of every kind are on the rise. Food, drugs, sex, shopping, alcohol, all of them. The numbers are steadily going up. And if you're struggling with coming to terms with an addiction or really understanding that you have an addiction of some sort, I hope you hear this message that you are so far from alone in this battle. Alcoholism and addiction are not the dirty little secret they used to be. You know, the other thing that is rising like crazy are mental health issues, anxiety and depression, certainly since 2020 for sure. And many of us turn to substances and behaviors to self-medicate those underlying discomforts. Now, more than ever, people are opening up about their struggles, getting sober, getting clean, living abstinent, and just getting control of their lives back. That's the whole point of everything we do together is to get control of your life back. And one of the fastest growing addictions is pornography. I've worked in the addiction field for many, many, many years. I've worked with thousands of addicts, and I've definitely seen porn and sex addiction. And to take it a step further, I dated someone many years ago who was addicted to porn, and I experienced the effects of that firsthand. I didn't know in the beginning that he was addicted to porn, But once the truth came out, it made a lot of weird things in our relationship make sense. And I want to talk about these experiences openly because there are so many millions of people suffering, whether it's the person with the addiction or the person in a relationship with the addiction. We need to be able to learn about these topics without feeling embarrassed or ashamed. We all deserve to have help and information, to have the opportunity to better ourselves. But if we're scared to talk about uncomfortable topics, then we aren't being of service to one another. I want you to have help, support, and resources. And that's exactly what my guest today is going to help you with. He's been through every stage of porn and sex addiction and his name is Matt Sinkovitz. He's been a practitioner and teacher of personal and spiritual development for a super long time, a student of mindfulness and meditation. He graduated from a mindfulness arts seminary program with a master's in Buddhist ministry, which 
I freaking love, by the way. And now uh, he serves as a spiritual guide and an interfaith chaplain in prisons and hospitals. So he's here with us today to really give us what is porn addiction, what are the signs of porn addiction, and how porn addiction affects our intimate relationships. Those are just a few of the things we're going to talk about and so much more. Let's welcome Matt Sinkovitz to the show. Hey, Matt. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and doing this episode with me. Uh, I've tried to do episodes in this realm of conversation uh, throughout the course of my podcast because it's very important. And I think as we all know, it is these are topics that don't get talked about enough. So I really appreciate you coming on and being willing to be open about your journey and all that good stuff. Yes, Angela. Um, honored to be here. Thanks very much for having. Looking forward to digging into some conversation with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you take just a minute and tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do? Mm -hmm. So my name's uh, Matt Sinkovitz. I'm coming from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania today. And uh, I run an online uh, support community called Porn to Purpose. And I'm a coach and I help men overcome pornography addiction. Yep. How long have you done this as work? About three years I've been focused in this area. Prior to that, I've done um, mindfulness counseling and I've done interfaith chaplaincy work in prisons and hospitals. So I was doing like spiritual counsel, but really been focusing in on the porn niche over the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. nice. Like I said, it's so much needed for yeah. sure and not talked about enough. So what was your journey, your personal journey with porn addiction? And like, how did you recognize that it was a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my personal journey, you know, I, I share, you know, over over 20 plus years compulsive relationship with porn. I'm in my 30s now, I'm 38. But, uh, you know, porn was a part of my life since my like, you know, early teens, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and it was something that was really casual, I think, innocent, uh, like it is for a lot of young men uh, up through my teens and even into my 20s. But there was a point in my journey where I kind of began to recognize it was unhealthy for me, like into my 20s and 30s, kind of had some adverse effects. And I also recognized that I wanted to quit and I wasn't able to. I, I would stop for a period of time and I continued to go back to it. Um, so that was the reason for me that I went out and actually sought professional help and ended up working with a coach around it. If somebody out there right now is listening to this episode and struggling with this, like how do you know it has crossed the line? Like what are some of the tells that it mm -hmm. has crossed the line from a casual thing to a problematic behavior? Yeah, I think um, some of the obvious ones where I, I just mentioned, you know, um, the desire to quit or the feeling that you want to quit. And maybe you tell yourself you're going to quit, but, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months pass by and you end up returning uh, over and over again. That's one of the, I think, clear indicators. You've told yourself, you were going to quit or you've tried to quit, but you've been unsuccessful. That's a clear indicator. Another indicator is, uh, is, is porn something that you have to keep kind of secretive in your life? Is it something you have to hide? That was always a, a big one for me. So it creates, you know, hiding and secrecy within relationships, within partnerships. Um, and it's certainly something that, that you have like shame and embarrassment around. It's not something you don't, you know, that, that you want your family or your friends or your peers or your coworkers to know about. So there's like a lot of hiding. There's a lot of secrecy around it. You know, are you comfortable handing your your cell phone browser history over to, to to your partner or someone that you know, or if someone were to get on your computer, does it make you anxious? My clients talk about that, like this anxious 
um, you know, feeling around like their kid being on their computer or, or their partner looking through their phone or something like that. So that's an indicator. Is there like a secret kind of um, like a hiding energy around it? Um, and another like really just clear and, and obvious one, but one we just kind of miss is like, what is the emotional, what's the uh, energetic uh, kind of impact? Like oftentimes compulsive porn use results in feelings of shame, guilt, remorse, low self-confidence, low self-esteem, um, energetic effects, uh, stuff like that, um, low energy. And think just the kind of the way that it impacts, like uh, impacts our our spirit, our sense of joy, our sense of happiness, you know, just our, our general experience in life, um, kind of dra dragging us down and kind of creating like a heaviness in our lives. Those are some key indicators for for me and, and some key indicators I think men typically look out for. Also, for me, a big one was like impact on, you know, intimacy, relationships, um, sex, sexuality, that kind of thing, big impacts there as well. Yeah, for sure. Or have you ever struggled with any other addictions, whether behavior or substance, like, have you seen crossover, mm -hmm. even compulsion, even if it's not full-blown addiction, but even some compulsions, have you mm -hmm. noticed with yourself? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've done my fair share of things that could be addictive. You know, thankfully I never got, I was never like addicted to drugs or alcohol. Um, the big one for me though, the other one was, was food and still is something that I continue mm -hmm. to work through. Um, there seems to be a correlation there. You know, they say like uh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, you know? Um, so there seems to be like this correlation between our sex drive and, 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 and our drive to eat, you know, for food. It's like these primal instincts. Um, I noticed now that, you know, porn's not a part of my life that I still feel these, these like emotional pools, like these urges, you know? And, and oftentimes today, even I'll, I'll go to food in order to satisfy that. Um, I, I used, I used to smoke cigarettes. I smoked uh, cigarettes for, for several years and I noticed that, that pool there. It's like, there's this urge, there's this impulse, there's this itch that we're trying to scratch. And mm -hmm. we've developed these kind of these, these ways of meeting these needs and soothing ourselves and checking out for some of it's sex, for some of us, it, it's food, for some of it's cigarettes or drugs and alcohol. But yeah, the other big one for me, once I got cigarettes, uh, taken care of was, uh, was food. And a uh, lot of emotional pull there. Yeah, we see that a ton. I mean, I'm always shocked when I have people on and we talk about other types of addictions, right? Especially behavioral addictions, because I'm an alcoholic. So like I get substance addiction, you know? mm -hmm. but it always amazes me the similarities, right? There's so many things that are the same, whether it's a as we say, process addiction, which is behavioral stuff or yep. a substance addiction. There's so much crossover there. And food is a huge topic, mm. you know, amongst my clients too, in all of my communities. I mean, this is something that I think we all struggle with a lot. I mean, listen, they call it comfort food for a reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it does hit those little buttons in your brain and give you comfort for sure. It does. Yeah. One thing I used to notice was whenever I was actively using porn, um, I would, uh, I noticed like this correlation, I would like binge and like overeat and I would almost be sedated there. And then it would oftentimes lead to pornography consumption in the evening. So, um, I'm not sure what that relationship is, but there, there definitely seems to be something there. And what I'll also say is I fast periodically. I'll do like a full 24 hour fast and I'll notice like, that's a very emotional experience. And, and you notice when you're fasting, how much we do eat just, just out of sheer e emotion, like. I'm feeling something, I'm feeling this energy, this emotion come up and I just want to go for something. 
you know, I, I noticed that there's a very similar, there's a correlation between the way in which I'm inclined to reach for food in the same way that I used to reach for, for, for porn or sex to kind of meet those emotional things that are coming up for us. Yeah, absolutely. Now you talked uh, for a second, you mentioned how this was adversely affecting your personal and intimate relationships. And I would love to talk about that for a minute and how it impacts personal mm-hmm. relationships, because I've had this experience as a woman. I dated someone who had a porn addiction many years ago, and I didn't know that until later, right? That was a piece of information, but there were definitely things that I recognized with zero knowledge or experience in this realm. Um, there were things that I recognized that were different and definitely felt a little off. I just didn't know until later that, that it was related to porn addiction. So can you touch on that and really the effects that it has on those relationships? Yes. I'll I'll certainly speak to mine and and what I've seen, uh, observe with the men in our community and the men I work with for me, you know, I mentioned secrecy earlier and, and porn is typically for most men, for most couples, not something that is like talked about too regularly within the relationship. There are couples that talk about it freely and they're open. And some men even say my, my wife doesn't care. But for me, one thing that porn did was it was, it was like this whole part of my life, this whole aspect of me that I had to hide. That was a secret that I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt around that. I just, that, that, that my partner at the time knew nothing about. And, um, so, so, so that was one thing. I think it, it creates like this kind of void and, and this, this part of us that, that is a secret and is disconnected and kind of withdrawn. Um, so, and, and, and probably like creates lying in certain ways. You know, you're hiding your behavior, you're sneaking around. Again, some of those things that I mentioned earlier. So that was, that was one thing. Uh, I think probably even more problematic is if you are using pornography regularly, you know, say you're at home by yourself, you watch porn, masturbate, and then, you know, your partner comes home or you're hanging out that evening and, and she's interested in being intimate, you know, like oftentimes that drive is just gone or our attention is elsewhere um, or we're just kind of energetically feeling off or awkward. Porn for me kind of, especially within like within a couple of days of use, it just kind of made me feel like energetically off, sexually off, socially off a little bit. So your partner wants to engage and you've invested all this energy elsewhere and you're kind of not ready to um, or, or interested in engaging. Um, what it also does is, is oftentimes it'll create like a, this comparison. So men are you know, watching porn, they're consuming porn. They've got all these ideas around sex and what women should do or what women are supposed to do. And then, and then it's like regular, healthy, loving intimacy is just not as, as, as beautiful. Uh, or rich as it can be, you know, um, porn has a way of desensitizing us. So those are just some of the impacts on the top of my mind. Yeah. That's so fascinating too, because I, I wouldn't have, until you were just talking about that, I wouldn't have thought about the secrecy aspect of it and really Mm -hmm. the, the impact that can have on a relationship. Because for me in that secrecy in all of the oddities that would create, right? Like you were talking earlier about not being comfortable handing over your phone and Mm -hmm. things like that. For me, I would be absolutely triggered to feel like my dude is cheating, Mm -hmm. right? Like that would send all kinds of red flags for me. And not that this is uncommon in substance addiction either, 
I actually worked with somebody many years ago who had relapsed and started doing drugs again and actually told his wife he was having an affair because his behavior was so weird around Mm -hmm. getting his drugs. Right. So same things like wouldn't hand over his phone because he had text messages in there with his drug dealer. And so all the same things, there's just, there are so many parallels in these addictions, but yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I would totally be triggered to think like my dude is up to something not good that would involve someone else. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And like another example is like, you know, you're, you're, I've experienced this, you know, your, your wife, your girlfriend, your partner is in bed. Right. And you're like staying up late and you're out on your phone or you're out on the computer watching porn while your while your girlfriend or, or whatever is like laying in bed. It's like totally off. You know what I mean? But that's the kind of behavior yeah. that, that that's, that's there. Right. And just thinking through how that could trigger your partner and the feelings that could trigger in your partner, like then your partner feeling like, well, you know, they don't care about me anymore. They don't want to be with me. They're not sexually attracted to me. What's going on. I feel something's wrong, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah. I I, I would love to just uh, speak to that real quick while we're kind of on this topic too. I think this is an important point. Um, A lot of times uh, the men I talk to, They'll, they'll come with this kind of victim uh, story. You know, I got to go to porn because there's no intimacy in my relationship. You know, my, my wife's not interested in sex. And, and I think a lot of times men are missing that, you know, it's not, it's not the lack of intimacy that's driving you to the porn. Oftentimes it's the porn that's actually creating the lack of intimacy within the relationship. So our call to men is really to take full responsibility for your relationships and, and, and what's going on and make that change. And show up like you used to when you're courting your partner and like, you know, take, t- take responsibility for the relationship and, and, and see what changes there whenever you're, you know, you return to that. Yeah. And, you know, too, I mean, just in general, like these pieces of our relationships are very different for women than for men. Right. So for a woman, like intimacy and sex is everything that happens outside the bedroom. (laughs) It is like you said, like go back to courting how you did in the beginning for a woman. It's mostly about, I want to be thought about, I want you to miss me. I want you to do thoughtful things for me to let me know I'm important to you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all of the things outside the bedroom. So yeah, it's challenging all the way around. So when you recognized that you needed to get help, what did that process look like? for you with porn addiction, what does it look like when you get help? Are there treatment centers like there are for drugs and alcohol? I mean, I think most people are familiar with the tiger woods case and he went to a treatment center. Like, is that a normal way to handle it or not normal, but is that a standard procedure for handling getting help? I, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I encounter some men who are able to pull it off on their own. But I think men that are really truly like addicted to it um, and have like a real compulsive relationship with it, it's just trying to get it taken care of uh, on your own is really difficult, especially being today, everyone's got these phones in their pocket. Like porn is always just a click away, you know, and, and the computer is always just a click away. And even if you're not looking at porn, Instagram, Facebook, I mean, there are, it's just constant constant triggers i mean even scrolling on our phone for a man if there's men listening to this like even scrolling on your phone can can begin to kind of trigger you in ways you know and um so it's always just to click away and that's what makes it the challenge so i think i think most guys try on their own they're embarrassed to get help 
it's a very lonely journey. There's a lot of shame. They don't want to admit it. Maybe they're not really fully ready to commit and let it go. So they kind of, they, they screw around for a long time. Oftentimes they don't want to fork over the, the money and make the investment and, and, and make that decision serious. You know, like for myself, I, I went back and looked at my history and um, the, the coach that I ended up working with, I had spoken with him before many years before, and I was going to work with him. And I went back and it was like, I think it was like six years after I had originally spoken with him. And when I originally spoke with him, um, I, I recognized that uh, it was an issue for me and I wanted to get help for it. It was, in, it was actually during the time I was in that relationship I was kind of referencing earlier, but I pulled out, you know, I, I, I didn't end up working with him. And then I had to struggle, fail, go through all the crap, learn my lessons on my own long enough to recognize, okay, obviously I can't do this on my own. I, you know, I tried on my own and tried all this stuff on my own and, and I was unsuccessful. And um, so I'm not sure. I, I really think it's something that most men struggle with and suffer with by themselves. And I, I think a lot of guys don't get help, you know, right. um, but I, but yeah, like professional help usually looks like for me, it was a coach. I work with a coach and a group coaching thing. You know, some guys do like, there's like sex and love addicts anonymous and sex addicts anonymous. There's like 12 steps. Some people do stuff through their church. Um, you know, there, and some people go see therapists, you know? Um, yeah. so, so there are, there are several uh, approaches to this. Um, but well, yeah, of course a, a lot I of people love to do that. Yeah. Of course I love the coaching aspect of it because I'm a coach right. and <laughs> because I just, I really believe in the system of coaching, right? You can get an incredible amount of support and guidance and education mm -hmm. in a coaching relationship, certainly with a group coaching component. So I, I love that too. And it just isn't something that you hear about so frequently of people going to treatment for sex and porn addiction. Yeah. You know, that leads me to my next question too, is like, what is the correlation between sex addiction and porn addiction? Like, do those two things go hand in hand or are they very separate? No, I think they go, I, I would say they go hand in hand. That's my experience. Oftentimes, now sometimes it is a very like narrow thing. Like a guy, he's in a, he's in a marriage. A lot of times it's like Christian men, you know, they're, they're in a marriage, they're faithful to their wife, but they've got this thing, you know, that they've been dealing with ever since they were, they were teens, man. And, but very often, you know, I look at porn addiction as, as sex addiction. It's like, it's, it's in the sex realm. I mean, obviously it has to do with our sexuality. We're viewing sex. We're using our sex organs, you know? So I, I look at it as sex addiction and very often, yes, um, porn addiction accompanies general sex addiction, acting out, prostitution, whatever other kind of behavior might be going on. And, um, or it will ultimately lead to, to acting out in different ways, you know, cause men, right. they want to move from the screen into reality. Right. And the screen is such an important piece of this conversation too, because just like you said, like everybody has their phone in their pocket or in their hand at all times. And I have a girlfriend of mine who works in education. And she said, this is one of the greatest challenges in middle and high school yeah. is boys being on their phones, looking at porn, even in school, in class, you know, which is well, I guess maybe I grew up in a different generation where there was more 
more modest, more conservative, right? There was definitely, when I was young, there was definitely way more shame around sex. Like it wasn't an out there in your face sort of thing. Yeah. Um, So certainly different from a generational standpoint, but I can't imagine like sitting in school with my teacher, you know, 20 feet away and like looking at porn on my phone. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. I'm with you. I grew up in that same era where, you know, I didn't, I didn't even have a computer in the house until like, end of high school, you know? So I was, I was lucky. I feel like maybe we were like one of the last generations, you know, of that. Um, so I can't imagine what the, what the kids are dealing with today. It's just like a very normal thing. It seems. Yeah. We didn't even have computers until <laughs> I was out of high school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And phones. I mean, I was well into my twenties before cell phones were a regular oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy. What do you think on that note, what do you think are some of the negative effects that this is having on our society? Like having it so readily available. And obviously I would think that with the internet in general, however you consume that, the internet in general has probably, I would assume, made porn addiction skyrocket, mm-hmm. you know, because you're right, like you can get triggered. But I think the same thing with eating disorders, right? Like I have to be super mindful what I'm scrolling because I will see all these people with beautiful bodies and all these fitness people. And I'm like, well, damn, dude, I'm a 50 and perimenopausal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't look the way I used to look. I don't have that body anymore, but it can really start to mess with me. So just the internet in general can be very triggering. How do you think it's really affected our society with the porn addiction? I would agree uh, that it's it's increased dramatically. I think also the pandemic uh, really pushed people deeper into their addictions in many ways. At least that's what I suspect. Certainly things that you do by yourself, like pornography consumption. Um, but yeah, I think um, I know, you know, uh, kids are getting their hands on porn at much younger ages. We're seeing issues like erectile dysfunction and delayed ejaculation. Um, occurring at much younger ages uh, with young men. So like sexual dysfunction in terms of, you know, you could say how their, you know, bedroom performance, even though I don't like to use the word performance. Um, And another big one is it's, I think it's training. It's, it's desensitizing. We'll say kids, people, boys, men, it's desensitizing them. And it's also creating this standard for, for a lot of kids, like their first introduction to sex is porn. And porn today is very extreme. It's very graphic. Oftentimes it's very violent. It gets into really taboo uh, genres today because it's like any drug you need like weirder, harder, more extreme stuff in order to, Mm. in order to get you off, you know? So um, what I hear is like a lot of times, you know, a young man, he'll be consuming porn for the first, whatever, however many years of his adolescence or whatever. And then he goes to have sex and it's like not what he expected. You know, it's not what he's yeah. been seeing on the screen. And on the other side of that is is the young ladies. They're expected to perform certain ways or to do certain things, which is not maybe what is loving and nice and beautiful about it all. You know what I mean? So it's like a whole, it's like a distortion, I think, of, of reality in many ways. And um, yeah. It's, yeah, that was uh, my, that was my experience dating someone with the porn addiction was, like there was almost like an expectation and and a disappointment that every single time 
we were intimate. It wasn't this like circus acrobatic. You know? right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, my friend, that is not a normal situation, right. <laughs> especially not on a regular basis, you know, exactly. Exactly. but yeah, that was, that was exactly my experience. And, it, and I think that word desensitized is, is so perfect. And in, in my person also definitely had some sexual dysfunction. And again, I didn't know until later that it stemmed from that porn addiction, but yeah, there were just some things that were not a standard situation that you encounter in the bedroom in many ways, you know? So I, I learned a lot. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it's time for you, like you get help, you hired a coach, you are now transitioning into healthier habits. Yeah. Like what does sobriety look like mm-hmm. in porn addiction? Right. So as from substance, it's sobriety or clean time. Um, I assume in sex and porn, you would probably say abstinent. Yep. That's correct. For me. Yeah. So what is uh, abstinence obviously means not doing it anymore. Right. But what is that? What does that look like as you are really starting to retrain yourself and engaging in healthier habits? What does mm-hmm. that look like? That's a great question. Um, so for me, abstinence means no porn. Um, and, but, but it's a slippery slope out there today. And this is like conversations that we have to have with our men around just integrity and being honest with yourself. Because again, maybe you're not on Pornhub, but those Instagram, you know, accounts that you're following are pretty you know, risque, like it's really, it's, 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 it's gray area very oftentimes. And, um, so, so that's tricky. So that's why, you know, for myself, it's, it's no porn, you know, uh, softcore or hardcore. And I'm also very mindful, like on, for me on social media, even if like a, even if a woman is not intentionally being maybe provocative or whatever, she's just expressing herself, but she's posting like kind of risque stuff. I like unfollow all that. Like on Instagram, I don't, if like I follow like rappers and stuff sometimes, like, so if someone's like <laughs> posting like, you know, big booty chicks in their, in their rap videos or whatever it is, like I unfollow all that stuff. And um, f- for me, it's like really like cleaning up my environment. And um, so like w- with the men, we talk about, all right, maybe it's not porn, but like, where are you going energetically? Like, what are you experiencing physiologically and emotionally? Like it's not porn, but you're, you're leaning in that direction. So we have to, we have to, we have to be really honest with ourselves. So for me, it just, it's just no porn. I think there is a place for healthy, uh, you know, I think mindful, conscious masturbation. You know, I think it can be a shift from, you know, like using masturbation to objectify women. It could be used as a practice of like reconnecting with yourself, maybe even self-love practices, you know, mindful and conscious. Uh, I do not discourage that. I think, I think there's a place for that, um, especially as maybe we're transitioning definitely a place for, again, I, I use these terms frequently, but that's kind of like what I'm about, but like conscious, you know, uh, intimacy and sex, um, maybe even not whatever it is, but I think, I think sex can be fine. Um, yeah, but so, so for me, the, the real, the real trouble is, is, is the porn. And so I'm really clear on that. That's what my life looks like today. And that's also what I, um, encourage our men to, to do is, is full absence. And then it kind of gets gray sometimes. They're like, well, what about, what about pictures of my partner, you know, that she sent me or videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think you just got to really step back and say, all right, let's look at the behavior here. Is it compulsive? Am I using these pictures in the same way I was using porn? 
It's just a right. different subject now, you know? So right. I think we just have to really be honest with ourselves. And that's why it's, that's why it's tricky. You know, it's, it's not yeah. like, you know, alcohol is, is one thing, you know what I mean? It's like, did I drink today or not? But man, it's, it's, it's a gray out there. It's a gray uh, area out there today. Yeah, no question. Those are great, great points. Mm -hmm. I had a client many years ago that said to me one time, he's like, man, girls just, they barely wear any clothes in these short shorts. Like I just wish girls would cover themselves more. And I said, well, listen, like girls clothes are not responsible for your thoughts. You know, exactly. like, mm -hmm. like you have to be responsible for that. You can't expect everybody to accommodate you. Right. And what yeah. you're struggling with, like we've got to figure it out within us and figure mm -hmm. it, figure it out that way. I'd, I'd love to just touch on that real, real, real quick. If I could, you know, um, that's, you know, the, the work that we're doing with our men, we like recognize that for a lot of men, that little 13 year old boy, uh, that was, you know, looking at women like that, found that hustler magazine was, was viewing pornography, you know, he's a 40 or 50 year old man now, like that little boy is still exists inside of him, you know, the way in which we view women, the way in which we treat women, the way in which we view sex and treat sex and objectify and all these different things. So, so much of the work is about, I think, as conscious, healthy men going back and helping that little boy grow up and helping him mature. And learning to see through uh, new eyes. You know, this is really a, a spiritual journey in many ways, even though maybe that's not the sexy way to talk about it. But it very much is. It's about real transformation and 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 seeing things differently. Um, and and uh, I think a beautiful example of that was uh, one of our brothers who's a 50-year-old man. Um, he had a 40-year porn addiction. He's now, he just shared last week with me, he's now 400 days porn-free. And he said, you know, I was in I was in this line at a cafeteria and there was this beautiful young um, girl and she was dressed very provocatively. And he said, I saw her and he, he immediately turned away because we kind of do some training around, you know, placing our attention, not getting lost in fantasy and stuff like that. So he kind of shifted his attention away. But then he checked in with himself. He said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm he's like, I'm not going to feel like I need to like run away from it. I'm going to just turn and I'm going to just see her as just a beautiful a beautiful human being, like a beautiful piece of art. And he said it was just like this moment of transition for of, of, tra of transition for him. He, he looked at her and he was able to just take in her beauty without like all the lust and feeling like he needed to take something from her. That was the energy. That was the words he used. I he said, I wasn't feeling needy. I wasn't taking from her. I was just appreciating her. And he really noted, he like saw that as a real shift in, in who he was. And that's the changes we're, we're really talking about here. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so mm -hmm. good. Because really, that's what recovery is, regardless of what your compulsion or addiction is, right? Whether it's substance behavior, what recovery is transformational. And it mm -hmm. is about learning to look at things differently. That's the whole process and growing up. That's what yep. recovery is. Mm -hmm. Well, Matt, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing this with me. What an awesome conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well, Angela. Thanks so much for having me today. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.